0: What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen every day. Coming at you five days a week, every single weekday, free on all platforms. So why don't you make it part of your daily routine and make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked on Blazers, your team every day. That sound you hear is the deflating loss on an otherwise historic night for your Portland Trailblazers. Damian Lillard, in the third quarter, became the of, of tonight's game in Oklahoma City, with his family in attendance, became the Trailblazers' all time leading scorer. His name at top of the record books in franchise history, historic night for Dame, a night that was supposed to be a celebration. The Blazers lost because they couldn't handle Shea Gilders alexander down the stretch, who had 24 in the second half, 12 in the third, 12 in the fourth, and hit a game-winner at the buzzer to seal the deal. The Blazers kind of coughed up the game late with some turnovers in the final 30 seconds. Not great. (laughs) Man, 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 man. I, I, um, you know, for selfish reasons, I wanted this to be a... uh, I wanted this to be a podcast that everyone wanted to listen to because it was a celebration of things that's not how it works let's talk about the game then we'll talk about Dame I want to spend some like some real time appreciating Damian Lillard it's a pro joy podcast Um, Dame has brought you if you're a Blazer fan so much joy over the last decade Uh, we'll appreciate him more later in the show but we got to do what we do here fastest recap in the west the Blazers uh, lose this game 123-121 it was actually tied at the end of the first quarter 28-28 and the Blazers found themselves down three at halftime 61-58 this is kind of just who the Blazers are these days they're getting up a lot of points in the second half of these games, uh, and and it did not change here for them. Uh, Damon Lord had 14 in the first half, Shea gilgis Alexander had 11 on just two of 10 shooting, and the Blazers were down three. So it was, it, it served that if the Blazers could get going and Dame could get rolling and they could still hold SGA in check, they'd be just fine but they didn't really pull away. The game was tied at the end of three quarters, 94 apiece. Uh, Damian Lillard in that third quarter, with a minute and 33 seconds left, hit a free throw after driving hard to his left hand from the right side, hard to his left hand, got fouled, got to the free throw line, hit both free throws with that first free throw. He became the Blazers' all-time leading scorer, passing Clyde Drexler. That was point number 18,041 for Dame. Tied at 94, and during the fourth quarter, so you knew this was game that neither team could really pull away. Was going to be going to be close. Uh, the Blazers led by 10. The Thunder led by as many as eight, but but both of those came in, this, in the uh, in the first half. Blazers led by only by five. The, the biggest lead they got. The biggest lead they got in the fourth quarter was a five point lead on Anfrey Simons' Uh, big three-pointer. Uh, Ant was good, really good down the stretch, until he wasn't. Um, when the Blazers, the Blazers, actually, Ant was fine. It was it was everybody else, others who weren't as good. But this game was tied late. In fact, the Thunder were leading with under a minute left when Damian Lillard shook Lou Dort out of his shoes, crossover to get the uh, the a physical Thunder defender off him, drives right down Broadway, right down the middle of the lane, and finishes with, finishes with his right hand. Blazers take a one point lead with 31 seconds left. Then the Blazers get a stop, put into a defensive lineup, get a stop, uh, give up an offensive rebound, but they but Damian Lord steps in and draws a charge on Lou Dort. This is your franchise's all-time leading scorer who's just made a go-ahead bucket. Now stepping in to take the foul, all they got to do is make some free throws or at least hold on to the ball and, like late and score another bucket, and they're going to have a really good chance to win against a, an OKC team that doesn't bomb away from three by any means. And they turn the ball over on in the inbounds play. Uh, Anthony Simons and Dame kind of went to the same spot. Jeremy Grant threw it to Dame, but Ant thought it was to him, and he tips the ball out of bounds. And so immediately, all of the... You know, you get a bucket, you get a stop, score and a stop. This is how you win down the stretch. Just give the ball back right away. Turn over on in the inbounds pass. And then you need to stop here with, you know, now final 25 seconds and just Winslow gets too physical, tries to draw a charge. Um, he draws a charge when uh, Shea Gilders-Alexander is driving away from the rim. Like he's, he's coming out from the corner and Winslow's back is towards, it's towards the Blazers basket. Like he's not defending the paint. He's, he's like, I think you just got to You cannot be that physical there. Um, not the way the the game has been called. Not the way that uh, SGA has been getting the whistle. He's really good at drawing fouls and he's been getting a friendly whistle you know you're in the bonus. You know you're up one. You just got to defend without fouling there. That's a mistake by Winslow. Of course, SGA hits both free throws. It's like a 90% free throw shooter who spends a bunch of time at the free throw line. Thunder go up one, 121-19. And the Blazers get the ball back with, with you know, f- 15 seconds left. Let's let's go. They'll be fine. Damian Lord, again, gets g- gets Lou Dort top of the key. They don't even set a screen for him. They're just like, you go and go get it. And Dame drives down the right side of the paint and Josh Hart comes. Josh Hart, for some reason, leaves the corner where he's parked to make a cut into the middle of the paint and runs into Damian Lillard, like basically fouls the hell out of Damian Lillard. Dame loses the ball with seven seconds left and the Blazers are forced to foul down one and forced to foul truly bizarre sequence Lou Dort played great defense on the play Dame Lord drove right into his chest it was really physical good defense maybe Josh Hart was crashing the rim to to get a, a rebound Josh a really good offensive rebounder good instincts but the timing was awful and he like straight up body checked Dame and knocked the ball out of his hands a nightmare a nightmare sequence Thunder get the rebound with six seconds left and the Blazers have to foul uh Your boy J-Dub, Jalen Williams, uh, they call him J-Dub on the Thunder broadcast nonstop. That's like the only thing they call him. He splits a pair of free throws. So the Blazers get the ball back down two, right? Like still still with a chance to tie or take the lead. Damian Lord gets the ball on the left-hand side, drives the baseline, gets a reverse layup, and scores. We're tied at 121, and the Blazers give the ball back to the Thunder with 3.2 seconds remaining. Dame, when he hasn't been tackled by his teammate, has been really good at getting the Blazers the points they need. Um, it's just the turnovers cost Portland down the stretch here. And then with 3.2 seconds left, Shea Gilders alexander gets the ball on the left-hand side. He's a killer from the mid-range, gets a good look from the mid-range. Cash. Thunder win at the buzzer, 123-121. <sighs> deflating like i said a deflating loss uh dame finishes with 28 points and six assists uh Jeremy Grant added 26 points. Anthony Simons had 19. Josh Hart, 13. Blazers played this game without uh, use of Nurkic, who was a late scratch with a right calf injury. And quite frankly, um, Nurk would have dominated this game. It's a perfect Nurk game. Uh, Thunder are not big enough to, um, to to handle what he could do. And I think this is a game where the Blazers just really missed having a 300-pound 7-footer that they could put in there. Nurk would have feasted in this game, would have dominated the glass. Um, Blazers. Drew Eubanks was fine, but not like, you know, you just can't, he doesn't, his skills are not being gigantic. That is, that is not what you get from Drew Eubanks. He plays hard, he gets rebounds, like all of those things, you know, finish with nine and seven. um, But like, what you missed from Nurk was just being able to bully, and they really, really missed those minutes. Shea Gillespie-Alexander, like I said, 24 points in the second half for SGA. 30 Finished with 35 in the game. Went 14-14 from the stripe. Uh, five other, excuse me, six other Thunder in double figures. Uh, Jalen Williams, 13. Aaron Wiggins, 12. Kenrick Williams, Kenny Hustle had 12. Mike Muscala, 12. And Isaiah Joe finished with 11. Some uh, balanced scoring behind SGA. That's, uh, I should have said earlier, but that's your fastest recap in the West. Dang! <laughs> dang, this was a, this was a loss, like, the Thunder have been playing teams tough, like, they just beat uh, the Grizzlies, John Morant got ejected in the first half, it was a weird game, but, like, they, they're tougher than, they're tougher than the truly bad teams, um, and SGA is a superstar, so, like, the, the, you play against superstars, you might lose, but the way you lose with, you know, Uh, up one you turn the ball over down one you run into each other uh then you commit a foul that you didn't need again up up one after that bad turnover just just some self-inflicted stuff down the stretch that's frustrating for the Blazers but it shouldn't take away from, I mean it might, I'm not going to, you could react how you need to, but it I hope it doesn't take away too much from what was a truly special night for Damian Lillard becoming the Blazers' all-time leading scorer. Let's let's talk and, talk about Damian and appreciate him in the second segment, but first, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the us the uk canada or australia luxury cars affordable economy cars suvs or minivans if you're taking the family out you want to check out what a new electric car is like you can get those electric vehicles uh just anecdotally, I've used Turo one time and I was blown away by the number of affordable luxury cars on the app. Um, I used it on vacation. It was a time when the competitive, larger, like traditional rental companies, it was just crazy expensive. I needed an alternative. This is before they even advertised on the podcast, just uh, a company that I knew about and was was trying to check out. Turo was simple. It was significantly cheaper and the car was waiting for us at the airport Uh, many Turo hosts can deliver the car right to you or in our sake like they just parked it at the airport and left us the keys coordinated and it was super easy also every trip is backed by liability insurance Uh, terms conditions and exclusions apply there why not uh, check it out Turo could be a solution for you forget boring rental cars find your drive at Turo.com all right it's pro joy podcast. We're going to hold on to our joy here. This was supposed to be a night of celebration. This was supposed to be a night of appreciating Damian Lloyd becoming the Blazers all-time leading scorer. The Blazers broadcast had a whole graphic counting down the points. I saw many people on my Twitter feed doing the same. This was going to be a night to appreciate one of the Blazers greatest players, if not the greatest player in the history. I'll just get this out of the way. My take is that when Dame retires, he'll be the greatest blazer of all time, and it won't really be that much of a debate. Right now, it's more of a debate, but Dame is still writing the story. Tonight is not about debating that. In fact, I did a podcast last week talking about Dame becoming the greatest blazer of all time and all my takes on that. If you're interested there, go check your, go check your feeds. Um, there's 20 minutes on it. There's <laughs> 20 minutes of me discussing that exact thing. This is about Dame becoming the franchise's all-time leading scorer becoming the best scorer in history because he, that's what he's been. This record held by Clyde Drexler stood for 33 years. Clyde Drexler became the Blazers all-time leading scorer back in December of 1989. Uh, It was actually the day after Christmas, December 26. He he, he became the Blazers all-time leading scorer. That record stood for 33 years. Uh, You know, Clyde's hung around until the middle of 1995. He, he, kept kept pushing the record further and further and further and scored another uh <laughs> scored another 800 points or whatever it was but um 8000 points rather of like it, it's um it is 33 years is a long time Damon lord's might last that long because what it takes to do this is so special Damon lord's averaging you know career a t- career 24 a game scorer who has been good from day one. He didn't miss a game for his first four years in the league. You need longevity, you need skill, and you need to stick around. you got to be loyal to the franchise. You You can't do this in seven seasons. You can't do this probably in nine seasons unless you score like 28 a game as a rookie. Dame is going to hold this record for a long, long time because the the long the just the way contracts work in the league they're shorter the way player movement works in the league it's more common um and the and the ability the, to be good from the moment you get going the blazers drafted dame 6 overall in the 2012 draft because they needed a franchise point guard they had been searching for one since damon stoudemire left for closing it on a decade for for 8 consecutive seasons they had um, I won't run you through them, but they had tried many. Point guard of the future, if you're, rem- if you're old enough to remember the internet back in those days, point guard of the future was a Blazers fan joke. Dame shows up in 2012. He's supposed to be that guy. Night one, day one, he's that guy. He has a double-double with 20 points and 10 plus assists, 11 dimes, 21 and 11. Night freaking one against Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Paul Gasol, and Dwight Howard. The dude was ready right away. And he just kept authoring special moments. You know, he had a game winner against Charlotte his rookie year, where he just cashes in a three over Ryan Anderson. A sophomore year, he had a road trip in uh, Cleveland and Detroit, back to back game winners. You remember how the end of his sophomore season ended when he hit a, a pretty special one with 0.9 seconds left against the Houston Rockets to send the Blazers into the se- to send the Blazers into the second round of the playoffs for the first time in eighteen seasons. Excuse me, fourteen seasons. Dude is dude was special and he was ready and he and he took on the responsibility of what it means to be a franchise guy in a way that Lamarcus Aldridge at the time was incapable of doing because being the franchise guy is not just getting 20 shots a night, uh, shouldering the scoring load and being the loudest voice in the locker room. It's also talking to the media, setting the tone, doing all the little small things, and being part of the community. So you are the face, the voice, and the dude who does it on the court, and Dame has embraced that. In fact, part of the sort of riff early in his career between him and Lamarcus is that Dame was just more ready to step into that role, and as soon as Lamarcus left, Dame seamlessly became the face of the franchise. He's authored some incredible moments, a 50-point 50-point night capped by a 37-footer to explode Oklahoma City's franchise and send them the direction that they are now. You, the Straight up, the Thunder can thank Damian Lillard for Shea Gilgis-Alexander wearing a Thunder uniform. The reason that SGA had 35 points tonight is because Damian Lillard ruined the franchise back in 2019. He's just had so many special moments in the bubble when the Blazers were going to miss the playoffs. And Damian Lord said beforehand, I'm only going to Orlando if we have a chance. All he did was score. He had multiple 50-point games. He had 61 against the Mavericks, and he just made sure the Blazers got there. He was incredibly special during the Blazers' eight-game bubble run and then their and then their play-in game that's erased from the record books against the Grizzlies to make sure that they get in. And then he had a bonkers game one against against the Lakers to upset the top-seeded and eventual champion Lakers in the bubble. He had a 55-point 10-assist game on the road, in the playoffs, a damn near perfect offensive night against the Denver Nuggets. He's had so many of these. It is, I, I think, I think what makes Dame special is the mundane Dame. It's the nights where he has hit he just gets it going and he is just stubborn. He's like, you can guard me. I'm gonna raise up and shoot over you and he's just hitting you know eight, nine, ten threes in a game. He's just he's just absolutely breaking the game plan And it's what I mean by mundane is that it's not the special nights and boy has he had a lot of them as I just enumerated. It's the middle of February games. It's the November when you need it games. It's just, it's it's the little moments when Dame accepts the responsibility and says, get on my back. We're going across the finish line. And it is also why the way he broke the record speaks to the type of dude he is. He told reporters, or specifically Casey Holdall, of TrebleAgers.com, that he was going to be aggressive early in this game. But he didn't force it. Dame has typically over his career kind of felt out the game in the first quarter and then really turned it on because he knows he can get shots whenever he wants. Like, he's talented enough to get shots up, so it helps him to see how he's going to be defended and then be more aggressive looking for his own offense from there. Not everyone on the team can just go get a shot. Like, that's what superstars do, and Dame is certainly a superstar. But it would have made sense in this game with his his. His mom, his dad sitting courtside next to his agent. His mom in the stands. His wife in the stands. His three kids there with him. Um, you know, is uh, like a whole bunch of other family members. Reportedly, I only saw one one other family member that I for sure recognized. But um, on the broadcast, I watch on TV. <laughs> uh, but like with the whole family in attendance, with needing twenty one points and knowing that at your skill set, you can go get twenty one and a quarter if you just hunt shots. Dame didn't. He played the game the right way. I mean, quite frankly, the the Blazers probably could have used him to be a little more aggressive. But I would say that the defense, uh, uh, the defense from Lou Dort in the first half and the defense from Kendrick Williams in the third quarter didn't let Dame get loose. Like, they were not going to l- let Dame get loose. The Thunder knew what was at stake. In fact, when he broke the record, they played it. Uh, they, you know, played a little tribute to him in the, in the arena and very cool. The Blazers broadcast didn't go to a commercial during that timeout. They stayed in, in uh, on the Blazers bench and stayed with the camera on Dame. I thought that was really cool and a really nice touch. Uh, well done by the Blazers broadcast. We got to see Dame junior come down and, you know, give, give dad a, maybe like a little handshake that a moment where they grasp hands. And it's like, congrats, dad. This is really special. Um, Dame Jr. Is probably a little too young to put that type of sentence together, but being able to experience a historic moment with your son, that's a joyful moment. This podcast is pro-joy. Hold on to it. What makes Dame special is that he didn't hunt it, he went and got this in the flow of the game. That's why he didn't get it till late in the third quarter because he could have just jacked up shots. He could have broken the offense. And in fact, I kind of wanted Dame to break the offense. I think I, I think it would be a tribute to how sometimes stubborn and deliberate he is if he said, "No, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shoot a bunch." But he he did it he played the game he let the game come to him and when jeremy grant was cooking he made sure to find grant in that first half um you know he got the ball out when the defense was aggressive to make him pass the ball he made the right play and that's why it took a while for him to get it um to cut it to one he hit a 35-foot left-wing three-pointer, a very familiar shot if you've watched Damian Lillard. Him on that left side of the court from very deep has become his signature moment. No one has made more 30-point three-pointers at a higher rate than Dame in his career. He is the greatest long-distance shooter, like truly long-distance shooter the the league has ever seen. There's nobody who's done it like him, and there will be people who do it after because Damian Lillard broke the mold and said, yes, shooting from 35 feet is okay if you're good, and it actually it breaks the defense even more. It, it it bends what the geometry of the court even more. Dame kind of made that a thing um, that, you know, that the, the likes of sort of Trey young could go chase the next generation can go chase because Dame, you know, shifted the paradigm to be, to be what it is. He's Dame. I would have liked him to break it on a three. I would have liked him to break it on a deep step back, a a sidestepper, any of those things. But instead, the defense was aggressive on him at the three-point line. He went into the paint hard, got to his left hand. He loves to finish around the rim with his left hand, and always has. He'll do it on the right side. He'll do it on the left side. He that's that is a classic Dame move. Gets fouled, hits a couple free throws, and has and 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 keep it moving. You know, Mike Muscala hits a three. Uh, Jeremy Grant gets a dunk. The game's back on. Like, they're playing basketball again. Like, um, immediately following those two free throws, which actually tied the game at 86 with late in the third quarter. Like, they needed him to keep scoring. This game didn't go how you wanted to go. And I want to talk a little bit about the end of the game and, the, and to close the show. But if you are able, remember all of the things that Damian Lord has done for your fandom, if you're a big fan of the Trailblazers over the last decade. He has made it better to be a Blazer fan. He has made it more enjoyable. Uh, hold on to your joy because the joy you feel watching Dame sometimes gets zapped because things go wrong in the final 30 seconds of a close game against a below 500 team. This is the why the ethos of this podcast is to hold on to your joy is because life is and joy is fleeting. Things Most things challenge us. So if you are able, and I, I hope you are, appreciate what Dame has done. Not just tonight, but all of the other nights and all of the other games through the 10-plus seasons now in his 11th year in a Placers jersey. He's going to do it for a bunch more because he wants to be here, and that matters to him. He wanted to have his name at the top of this record book, and now he does, and every point he scores from here on out, it's his record. Will it stand for another 33 years like Clyde? Probably. Probably three-plus decades with Damian Lamont, Ollie Lillard Sr., at the top of the Blazers' all-time scoring list. The game didn't end how we wanted it to, (laughs) y'all. Let's talk about the end of the game. Uh, I thought this was, um, you know, I thought Chauncey Chauncey Phillips did some nice things coaching-wise and I want to just talk about how they approach the end of that game. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first I I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whatever that sports action is, you're going to bet. You're going to find it on bet online. It's pretty hard to beat a team twice. You want to bet on the blazers bouncing back and beating Oklahoma city, who they play for a second time on Wednesday, go to bet online and put some money down because I think, I don't know if it's a lock but it's a pretty, pretty safe one that Portland is going to bounce back and win in Oklahoma City on Wednesday night. If you do not looking for NBA action, you'll find NHL, you'll find uh, European soccer as we get back into that season. You'll find whatever it is, combat, sports, etc., etc., MLB futures, whatever it is. Go to betonline.net, take advantage today. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Still a pass for first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Not how you wanted the game to end. Blazers have played now 16 games that have been within five points in the final five minutes. They are nine and seven in such games. A couple of them in a row, they've lost. I thought the Denver game where Damon Lord was going nuts—he had four four shots, including three threes in the final two and a half minutes—assisted the Blazers on the other bucket. Um, Just a a vintage late Dame night where he's tapping his wrist and everything, and they still lost. I thought that one um, had—I thought that one was a little bit, as much as it was on the players for not executing, it was on Chauncey Billups a little bit. I I thought he didn't. I just thought he didn't have his best game in that, that night. Uh, he, the Blazers had a foul to give that he didn't get them to take. Um, just, just, I thought, uh, Jeremy Grant wasn't up on, on Jamal Murray as much as he should have been, whether that's Jeremy Grant thing, which I it absolutely is, or a thing that Chauncey Billups didn't communicate as clearly in the huddle. Hard to know, but like, I, I thought that was you know, coaching and, uh, players. I'm generally, I, I think if you're a long time listener to this podcast, like I'm, I don't think coaches do a lot in an NBA game. Uh, I think once the whistle blows, all they do is decide who plays and when. It's it's like a lineups thing. Um, players play. It's a, a, if you listened if you're a long time listener, you've heard me say players play a lot, and I really do believe players play. And in t- tonight in, in Oklahoma City, players played poorly. This was on this was on Portland. This was on the dudes on the court. This was on the players in the jerseys, not on the coaching staff. It typically is, but this one especially. You know the turnovers late. Um, the Josh Hart Dame colliding into each other, the Amphrey Simons grabbing for a ball that was just like meant for Damian Lillard. That's that- that ain't coaching. Um, just as Winslow over aggressive taking that charge or trying to take a charge and drawing a blocking foul when he just he just needs to play straight up, just needs to defend without fouling. Um, that's, that's player stuff. And in fact, for the first time that I can recall this season, Chauncey Billups made offense defense subs down the stretch. Um, there's been several times uh, against Miami in a game they won, against Brooklyn in a game they lost. Um, even against Denver in that game late, like, like where Chauncey Billups hasn't been as aggressive and making offense, defense subs in this game, aggressive, making those subs, uh, Keon Johnson and justice Winslow were out for offensive possessions and they would come back in for defense possessions and drew Eubanks and every Simons would go to the bench. Um, I like this. This is who plays and when. Um, Keon is a competitive defender. Just, uh, adding Justice Winslow to the mix allows them to switch, which they did twice late, where they started with Jeremy Grant on him, knowing that they were going to run action to get a switch, and they just set up Justice Winslow to be the guy that guards Shea. Um, I like that because Shea had been so physical. He bullied Ant in the post once. He just plowed over uh, Josh Hart once. I don't think it was a charge, but if they had called it a charge, I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have complained about that one. He was super super physical um and he, that's what he is like he's really good at getting the free throw line he plays at his pace like he's 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 good at drawing fouls I like that they bet Chauncey Billups made the sub to put Winslow on him your most physical defender so he couldn't bully him down into the mid-range I liked it I mean what are you gonna like that's that's, in my, for my, the way I view it, that's all a coach does, decide who plays and when. He puts the right dudes on the court, and then you kind of just press go, and the players play. I think in the final possession, uh, they inbound the ball, comes off a, they they set a pin down for him, so he starts in the paint, comes up from the paint to the top of the key, and kind of curls to his left. Uh, SGA doesn't really shoot threes. Like, you know he's going to take mid-range jumpers. That's, that is, that's his bread and butter. I think you got to send two at him. And I think there was a moment when Drew Eubanks is on the court, actually for this final play, he needs to just go to the ball. You know, he when SGA catches it with three seconds left, he's not going to pass and you've got to, you, you know, there's not going to be multiple passes, right? So you can help from one pass away, assuming that your teammates will do the same. Like he's not going to be able to swing, swing and bend beat you with be if he, once he puts the ball on the court, he's not gonna be able to beat you with multiple passes. As Soon as he dribbles, you got to send two to the ball. You got to send two to the ball. You got to make him shoot over length, shoot over the top, shoot over somebody because he's so good at creating space that he got enough space to cleanly hit a shot over Justice Winslow. That's a superstar level shot. Like like catch it, know where you want to go, get to your spot, hit it with confidence, does not touch the rim. Like players play. That, that's a good shot. But the Blazers, like specifically Drew Eubanks in that situation, needs to go and double aggressively there and make sure it's it's you know a little bit harder. Portland has, you know, one more than I, I think I said this early in the season that typically games that are decided at the buzzer, you know, one possession games are a toss up. The Blazers are nine and seven in clutch games. It's, it's basically a toss up, right? Um, th- it's kind of how this stuff works. Sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you get unlucky. I don't think Blazers got like deeply unlucky here. I think they made some of their own bad luck. The the inbounds turnover, Josh Hart and Damian Lillard running into each other, um, you know, fouling. Those are those you kind of make your own bad luck there. But you put yourself in a position where it's make or miss, right? You, the bad, like you, you do all the good things in the first 47 minutes or all the bad things, the first 47 minutes to put yourself in the spot in that final minute. And then like, then you're at the whim of the basketball gods and what the best player on the other team might do. Then it does come down to luck and they were probably, you know, whatever that's SGA's bread and butter. So they're not terribly unlucky. It's just the guy got to what he wanted and scored, but, just like typically I want to be consistent here. These one possession games are toss ups. The Blazers lost a toss up when they've won some toss ups in the past. I just think they put themselves in a bad position here. The Blazers have two more games on a road trip on this. They're a six game road trip. It wraps up Thursday evening in Denver against what could be the number one team in the Western conference. Denver on Tuesday plays Memphis. The winner of that game is going to be in first place in the West. Um, that's a tough game, end of six-game road trip at altitude against Denver, who will have an extra day of rest. But Denver plays Tuesday and will have Wednesday off. Um, the Blazers, excuse me, Wednesday, Friday, rather. Like, it's, um, you know, the the the, the Blazers. Or Denver will have a couple games, and the Blazers, that, that game is Friday night against Denver. I said Thursday, excuse me, Friday night against Denver. So the Blazers will have one game off, Denver will have two. Like, one night off, Denver will have two. That's a tough game. That's a hard game. I don't know. I don't... hard. The Blazers won't be favored in that game. I know that for sure. Like, again, end of the road trip at altitude against a really good team. That means to make sure that you don't spoil this road trip, you got to win on Wednesday night. Play OKC again. It's really hard in these two gamers to beat a team, particularly a team that you're not as good as. Uh, remember, the Blazers beat the Suns super shorthanded, came back... Short, even more shorthanded against the Suns the second night in Phoenix when they played one of those early game sets and got walloped by the Suns. Um, obviously that was at home a little bit different, but like the Blazers need to need. It is imperative that they win on that they win on Wednesday. Then regardless of what happens in in Denver, like they're either four and two or three and three on the trip. Three and three is not going to feel great because of this loss, but three and three is fine. Like you three put yourself in the right position. Eighteen to fifteen through through your first thirty four games. Not ideal, but you'll be in the right you'll be in, in the right direction with a home heavy schedule coming up uh, like i said like i don't think the blazers all of the blazers sort of like larger statistical indicators don't don't like indicate don't show this team's like really freaking good but you don't have to give the wins back you just have to win them and then get yourself right get healthy get all of those things and fatten up on home games when they come back to you in the end of december and and january which is like i said extremely home heavy wednesday there are no must wins in the regular season but this is a should win. Wednesday is probably the first should win of the season. You just you you should win it. You should win it. You should you should get your extract your revenge on on OKC for what was a brutal game. Win that one and then, you know, go Play your butt off against Denver and hopefully you come out on the right side against a team that you've been, you know, you've walloped once and lost a a toss-up game to, lost a one point a one point buzzer beater game to. Uh, Certainly a winnable game, but a hard one just like based on the circumstances. How about this? Come back for more shows later this week. You are listening to Tuesday, December 20th show. We'll have a show on Wednesday. We'll recap uh, the game against uh, OKC on Thursday show, and we'll look ahead to the uh, the Christmas slate and the Blazers game in Denver for Friday show. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. Tell your friends about this podcast; they can get it wherever they get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.